Amen. Good morning to you. I pray you're having a great weekend. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians this morning. Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm praying for those many are taking these next few weeks before school starts to travel for vacation. And so we're praying for those that are away. Lord, give them rest and uh, relax as they're away. And I pray if you are getting ready to leave sometime here soon, Lord, give you safety as you travel as well. Ephesians chapter 6, and I want to begin reading in verse number 10, if you follow along with me, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. He's concluding this book here to this church, and he's telling them to be strong. And not in their own strength, but in the power of his might. He's giving them the ingredients, how to make it in the Christian life. He's going to get through here. We call this the, the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. He's going to take the next few verses. He's going to share with the believer how to resist Satan, how to have victory in the Christian life. He says, put on the uh, whole armor of God in verse number 11, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what that tells me in verse number 11, that they're coming. They're coming. For every, for every believer, there's an enemy. For every believer, there's wars that are going to be fought. There's wars that are going to be faced. And the enemy, the enemy is Satan. He reminds them something. Before he gets into the, the armor to be put on, he reminds them of something. Something I believe this, Christian. So often we, we know it because we could quote it. We know it because uh, we've read it. We've studied it. But I think sometimes we, we forget this. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The battles you're facing, they're not flesh and blood. The wars that you're facing in your lives, there's a satanic oppression or satanic attack. You know, a lot of times in churches today, we don't speak of that because maybe it sounds a little bit spooky. It sounds a little bit different. We don't want to think that we're odd as Christians. We don't want to talk about things that are different. But the reality is this, the battles you're facing, the the wars that you're having right now in your spirit, in your life right now, they're satanic. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Look who we do wrestle against, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I think the things that we see so much around us that cause us so much hurt, so much pain. We, we try to get a, a quick fix to them. We think that maybe some of the struggles in our, in our homes are, are, are physical things when Paul's trying to get the church to understand their spiritual things. And you don't war against the spiritual things the same way you'd war against physical things. Totally different battle. Paul is telling them, look again with me in verse number 12. He says, we wrestle not or we war not against the, the flesh and blood, but against principalities, 
against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Revelation, the book of Revelation. Would you go there, Revelation chapter 12? I want you to see a battle that takes place. Revelation chapter 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and it cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. There's a, there's a battle taking place here in Revelation chapter 12 in the heavens, a spiritual battle. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels and he prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, and that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. There's a war that's taken place. Satan has always been about resisting anything that God's doing. Anything that God desires to do in your life, Satan is going to resist it. And Christians, we need to be wise to this. We need to be wise to the fact that there is an old serpent in verse 9 called the devil and Satan. He deceiveth the whole world. His goal is to deceive you. His goal is to war against you. His goal is to destroy you. He despises, he hates anything that God loves. Anything that gives honor and glory to God, Satan despises and wars against. In verse number 10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Isn't that such a wonderful verse? I, I heard a loud voice saying, now is come salvation. And, and even before I get into this message, I, I want to encourage you with this. Although there is a Satan, although there is demonic oppression, although there is satanic wars that constantly, constantly is against us, there is hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. It's the same hope we see here. He said, I heard a loud voice. Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God. The power of, of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down. You see what Satan's called there? He's the accuser of the brethren. He's cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Making accusations or accusing us before our God. And look, look in verse 11. And they overcame him 
by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood that he shed upon the cross has power to forgive every sin that's ever been committed by mankind. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your family's done. It doesn't matter the, the name that you take uh, from, 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 from your father or grandfather. It doesn't, doesn't matter what they've done. Jesus Christ is sufficient. The blood that was shed. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the, uh, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice. The author here of Revelation tells us there's a war. But in the midst of this war, the Christian can rejoice because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of the word of God. There's a war. There's a war against the church, and there's a war against each Christian. Matter of fact, Christian, if you see the events that are unfolding around us today in our world, and we wonder how can these things, how can these things happen? How can we, how can we see things like gay marriage or homosexuality just taking such a prominent position in our nation, in our world? The reason why is because there is spiritual wars. Abortion. I'm, I'm, I'm so confused even in my mind and how we could be so concerned about such small things but not care about the human life that's taken day after day after day after day in our nation. How can that be? It's because we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. There is, there is a agenda that's taken place. We as Christians, we need to be awakened to that. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says this, for our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The, the, the way that we war, we war through prayer. We war on our knees. Paul is, is saying here in 2 Corinthians, he writes to this church at Corinth, we're, we, we, we are in a battle, and, and how do we face this battle? How do you face the battles that, that Satan is, is warring against you? How do you face that satanic attack that comes in your home, in your marriage, in, in, in raising your children? How, I, I, want to, I want to tell you this. If you have a desire and you attempt in any way to have a godly home, a godly marriage, raising godly children, you are going to face satanic attack. Any church that seeks to be a, a New Testament church, to win souls for Christ and disciple those that, 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 that are saved. Any church that desires that is going to face satanic attack. Because when a church or a home has obedience and magnifies the Lord, Satan wars against it. And how do we deal with that? Paul is, is this 
describing to us is helping the church. He tells the book, in the book of Ephesians that there is a war against us, and he tells us who the enemy is. The war that's facing your home, some of you think it's your spouse, when in reality it's Satan. You're fighting the wrong thing. Wars in your home, some of you uh, young people think it's your, your parents, or parents think it's your young person. In reality, you're fighting the wrong thing, it's Satan. Wars in the church, some get upset with other church members. In reality, you're, you're fighting the wrong enemy. The enemy is Satan. And Paul says, our weapons of warfare are not carnal. We don't pick up and fight with carnal weapons. We fight on our knees. Our power comes from the blood of the Lamb. Our power comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe there's some here. There's Ecclesiastes chapter 3, one of my favorite books in the Bible. I'm paraphrasing it here, but, he, but there's a verse that says there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. And that means this. In every of our lives, there's going to be war and there's going to be peace. Maybe today some are living in peace. And if you're living in peace, it's a wonderful thing and that peace comes from a relationship with Christ, but others, others are living in a war. I wish every one of us were in a time of peace in our life. I wish that every one of us would be always in a place of peace, but the Bible says there's a time for war and there's a time for peace. There's times that Satan is going to attack. Others carry, maybe in, uh, in times of peace, others, others, many others, maybe they're in a time of war. Maybe you're enduring in a time of spiritual war, and you've been in a time of spiritual war for some time. No one else knows about it. And some of us that are in spiritual wars, we can't share it with other people. The reason why you can't share it is some won't understand, some will judge. They've not been in the war that you've been in. But just because someone you feel maybe isn't in that war and you can't share that war, it doesn't mean that you're alone. Some, some can't explain the war that they're in because it's too deep. If you wanted to explain it, you couldn't. If you had someone to explain it to, you couldn't because it's too deep. It hurts. It's caused so much sorrow. There's some that are in financial wars. Some that are in wars with their children. Some are facing wars, deep wars, and fighting for their grandchildren. For some, some maybe they're fighting wars in their marriage. And you just think, if I could just have a, a day of relief, an hour of relief, but that relief doesn't come when you're deep in these wars. Some are facing wars in their jobs. There's some here in this room today, even though we're sitting in a room where probably the majority of them claim the name of Christ. There's some battling deep wars of addiction. You just want relief. There's some that battle deep wars of depression, discouragement. And you think to yourself, if I'm a child of God, why can't I overcome these things? Because you're in a war. Because Satan's real. And because your enemy knows that he is on a time 
line and his end is coming. And until that end comes, though, he is going to do everything he possibly can to disrupt and destroy and hurt the child of God. He's the accuser of the brethren. There's some that face some deep, deep wars of physical health. And some, they're bloody battlefields. It's caused you to lose sleep. It's caused you to lose joy. It's caused you to hurt. And the reality is this, as I think about this message, I've prayed about this message, you don't need a song. You don't need a sermon. You'll do anything for just a moment of relief. Moment of relief. I want you to know this today, that God has sympathy for you. God has sympathy, and as we read in Revelation chapter 12, his love and his care and his concern, his answer to the wars that we face is Jesus Christ, his son. That's his answer. And his answer is sufficient. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful. It can forgive every sin. It can wash away every sin. But we still we face these battles as human beings. I remember, and I've told you before, I remember when I got the news that Michelle's brother died. I remember speaking to her and telling her, standing on our front lawn as we got home that evening and I was waiting for the right time to, to tell her, how do you, what is the right time? When's the right time to tell someone that the person they love is gone? Dealing with that in my mind for several hours, waiting for that right moment, we got home and I remember standing on our front lawn and she knew there was something wrong and she asked me what's wrong and I took me everything to say, your brother's gone. As those words came out of my mouth, a war began to take place inside of her. If you lost someone you love, you understand that war. And the reality is, sometimes that war never ends. Sometimes it gets a little bit easier, but sometimes that war never ends. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. My wife's been keeping me in the loop. There's a family, a family that their house caught fire and their three young children were inside of this fire. It just happens, it's going on right now. In that fire, I believe she told me that two of the, two of the youngest children were killed. The oldest was burned so badly that they've had to amputate her legs and they're praying this week and asking for as many people as possible to pray this week because the flesh was burned, the muscle was burned so bad in her body that now they're having to potentially amputate her arms this week. Talk about deep wars. Those parents are real. I looked at my wife and I said to her, as she's telling me this, she keeps me in the loop every day. She tells me that she's praying for this family. I said, what would you do if that was our family? 
And I'd like to say we depend upon the grace of God, but the reality is this. If I think about it, I'd probably fall apart. And maybe, maybe there's no one here today that is facing something of that extreme, but I do want you to understand this. The war that you're facing is real. We've been praying for a family, the Weber family, last couple weeks ago, I asked you to pray for this family. Their 14-year-old daughter was mowing their, mowing their front lawn, and she took the lawnmower and pushed it down the front ditch in their, in their yard, and as she pushed it down the front ditch, she slipped, and foot got caught under that lawnmower. I was talking to the Todd last night, just live right here in Toledo. Talking to the father last night, and he bothers him. You know why it bothers him? Because he let his daughter mow the grass. He said, why did I let her do that? Why did I let her push that lawnmower in that ditch line? Why would I do that? They've had to take one toe off, and they're trying to save the big toe. And they imagine being a parent telling you that your 14-year-old daughter if they can't save that big toe, they're going to have to take all of the toes off. You talk about deep war. Deep wars as parents. There's deep wars right now. There's heaviness. First Peter chapter 1, I want you to see here many of wars that we fight, many of them are because of heaviness. 1 Peter 1, 5 says, who are kept by the power of God through salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice. We find that word again, those words, greatly rejoice. How do we greatly rejoice? He says, though now for a season. This is Peter writing. I think Peter understands wars. I want you to remember Peter. Peter is the one that, that, that was on that boat and he, and, he, and he wanted to step out and he stepped out on that water and, and he began to sink and it was Jesus that, that grabbed Peter by the hand and, and lifted him up. And that's the same Peter, the same Peter that Jesus said, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, there's no way I'm going to deny you, Jesus. I'm going to go to the death for you. And first opportunity he had after that to stand for Christ, he denies Christ. He curses and says, I've never known him. Imagine that private war that takes place in Peter's mind and Peter's heart when that, when that cock crows and he's reminded, Jesus says, before the cock crows thrice, you're going to deny me. And Peter did. It's the same Peter that stood at the day of Pentecost under the power of the Holy Spirit of God and preached and thousands upon thousands trusted Christ as their Savior. It's for a season, and you can still greatly rejoice. The Bible says it need be in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. But the trial of your faith. You know what that, you know what that season, that, 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 that uh, uh, war that you're facing, that you're fighting? It's a trial of your faith. It does it get you to the place where you ask yourself, can I trust? It gets you to the place where you ask yourself, can, can, is, is God real? Why would, a, why would a, a good father allow this to happen? He says, 
says the triangle, trial of your faith brings much more, pre- much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise in honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know what Peter's saying? Keep your eyes on eternity. Don't, don't, don't just keep your eyes on the war that's taking place. Don't, don't let that war consume you. There was a war in Revelation 12 that took place in heaven. But listen, don't, 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 don't keep your eyes and focus upon the battle of today. Keep your eyes and your focus upon eternity. Because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, we have victory as a Christian. The wars you're facing today are not going to be there for eternity. And we can rejoice because Jesus Christ came to the cross. He shed his blood. And because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed, because Jesus rose again from the dead, our our wars, our battles are only for a season. They may seem like a long period of time. But my friend, I want you to know this. We can find praise and honor and glory because one day Jesus Christ is coming again. That's what Paul said to the church, church in, in Thessalonians. He said that, that Jesus is coming again. He, he said encourage each other with that thought. Encourage each other knowing that Jesus is coming again. Listen, when a brother is in a battle, when a brother is in a war, encourage yourself. Encourage others with the fact that we are going to see Jesus once again. Listen, this world is just terrible as you see what's happening. It's going to get worse. But listen, don't let that going to get worse bother you don't get consumed with the thought of today realize this it's going to get worse because jesus is coming again we can find encouragement with that there are going to be days of heaviness there's going to be days of burdens for some those battles never seem to end Some of those battles just never seem to go away. David, the psalmist said this, my soul melts with heaviness. What he's saying is this, I'm worn out. Have you ever been worn out because of the war? Have you ever been fatigued? Do you ever get to the place in the war where you just think I have no energy left to fight? We find this, wars come from heaviness. We also find in the Lord of God that wars come, wars come from a result of lust that's in our members. There's a book, famous book. And in that famous book, there's a few chapters, a couple chapters. In that famous book, in the couple chapters they talk of wars of a a godly saint this this godly saint was greatly admired this godly saint was a charitable man he he served the lord for many of years he loved the lord the lord loved him he was an intercessor for many. He was an honest man. He loved the word of god. This this godly saint, this godly saint was a good man with desires to serve the Lord. 
but, but, but this book, this, this famous book, you can find in a couple chapters in this book, there was in this book this godly man, he, in a moment his world came tumbling down. And the reason why, because in a moment of weakness, he impregnated a woman. It was a godly man. This man, when he found this information out, this news out, he arranged for a hitman to kill her husband. And in these chapters, this man he writes in these chapters in this book, he writes now going to be stricken with pain. He's fighting a war. His friends have turned on him. He's living with guilt, unbearable. His body's racked with pain. He's now living a life trying to overcome shame. He's realizing that he's played a fool. He said this in these chapters, all I do is sit in pain. He said this, Fear has taken hold on him. The book is the Bible. That man is David. And if you read two chapters in Psalms, Psalm 38 and Psalm 69, you'll find a man who once had it all, but because of lust, war took place in his soul. James 4 1 says this Whence comes wars? In fightings among us? Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members? In verse number two, James says this, you lust and you have not. You know what he's saying? Your, your, your lust, the war that you have with your lust, it's never going to fulfill you. It's never going to cause you to feel like you have enough. It's always going to want more. And some war because of heaviness. Some war because of trials that they're going through. Some war because of, 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 of situations that God has allowed in their life. Others war because of lust. You lust and you have not. No matter how much you get, you can't get enough. Just like David. David had it all. He had prestige. He had the kingdom. He had everything. But, but David's lust caused wars to take place in his, in his life. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to Psalm 69. Would you turn there? Psalm 69. David is saying, save me, O God, for the waters are coming to my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am coming to deep waters where the floods overflow me. I'm weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for my, my God. You know what David's saying? I'm in a war. I'm in a war. They that hate me without uh, cause are more than the hairs of my head. They that would destroy me being mine enemies wrongfully are mighty. 
Then I restored that which I took not away. Verse 5, O God, thou knowest my foolishness, and my sins are not hid from thee. Let them not, let not, not, let not them that, that wait on thee, O Lord, God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee to be confounded for my, my sake, O God of Israel. Because for thy sake I have borne reproach, shame hath covered my face. I'm become a stranger unto my brethren and, 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 and an alien unto my mother's children. You know what he's saying? I'm fighting a war. For the zeal of thine eyes, of thine house, hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. How do you, what do you do when you're in the war? I want you to know this, number one. Cry out in agony to God. Cry out to God. Sometimes we, get to a place where we try to wrestle this war, whether it be of heaviness, whether it be of lust, or whatever it may be in our life, we, we try to fight these battles in our own strength. And church, today, you must understand in these wars, you cannot fight these wars in your own strength. You cannot. You're not strong enough. You're not mighty enough. Satan is powerful. And so often we try to do something in our own self to fix this. Listen, you can't fix this in your own strength, but oh, there's a Father in heaven that David learned to cry out to. And in your agony, in your private war, in your place where you feel you're alone, where in that place where you feel there is no place to turn, I want you to see what David did. David, he cried out to the Lord. He cried out to his father. In your time of war, realize this, your father is enough. He's enough. I... Not long ago, I got a letter from my son. My wife asked me last week, she said, so when Jacob comes back, you're not going to have any more sermon illustrations. I said, I'm going to go back to Chloe and the puppy. <laughs> I've got some good ones I've been saving. But he said in that letter, Dad and Mom, I want you to know I'm doing well. One thing I've learned is God is my protector. You know what God showed me in my worry and my panic and my fear, God spoke to my heart and said, he's got two fathers, you and me. Let me handle them. If you're a child of God, you have a father. Let him handle you. Let him have his way with you. Cry out to him. Let him know that you acknowledge the fact that he cares and he loves you. David also said, my time is coming to an end, but David also said, in my wars, I'm going to magnify the Lord. 
You see, Satan will allow wars in your life to calm you to, 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 or, or to unsettle you, to bring you to a place where all you think about are the wars that's raging inside of you. And in the midst of those wars, God wants to bring you to a place of peace so you magnify the Lord. And see, when we try to fight our own self, all we do is we're consumed with this battle and in, in, in with winning and with causing peace. And in, in we don't have to do that, Christian. All we need to do is find rest in safety, in peace, in our Heavenly Father. And when we do that, no matter how bad the war is raging, we can magnify Him. That's what God's after. God doesn't desire for his children to get lost in these battles. God desires that in these battles you find him. And in him you magnify his goodness. You magnify his grace. When these ladies got up and sang this special, I had no idea what they were singing. When they began to sing in that special, I, they sang about grace I think grace is one of those things we talk about a lot, but we fail to experience the magnitude of what God wants to give us. His grace is sufficient. Prayer is one of those things we speak about it a lot, but we do so little of as Christians. We fight our battles on our knees. You have private wars that you're facing that are real so is your God. The private wars that you're facing are large, but your God is bigger. Satan, he knows what he's doing. But rejoice, O Christian, because the blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient sufficient. The grace that God wants to offer is sufficient.